to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name is John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In most episodes of the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about issues that affect law enforcement officers, both active and retired, their families, friends, and supporters. We'll also be discussing incidents in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Visit our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today. We've got some big news coming up very, very soon here at Law Enforcement Today that everybody, part of the Law Enforcement Today team, is very, very excited about. Can't go into a lot of details yet. We'll be making announcements very, very soon about a new marketing partnership that's going to benefit first responders. I mean, law enforcement officers, dispatchers, firefighters, corrections officers, parole officers, and veterans who are suffering from PTSD and all the other issues that can go along with that, substance abuse, depression, things of that nature. Like I said, we can't give a lot of details yet. We'll make an announcement very, very soon. Uh, And we are very, very excited about this new marketing partnership. The Law Enforcement Today show brought to you in part by Galls, G-A-L-L-S.com. Again, their website is G-A-L-L-S.com. They've been supplying first responders, police officers, law enforcement, public safety, firefighters for more than 50 years. And they got a huge selection of products that anybody can use from outerwear, boots, clothing, you name it. They got it at Gulls.com. And we here at Law Enforcement Today have lots of great contests. We've got prize giveaways from Gulls. Get more details on our Facebook page. Search for Law Enforcement Today. Click like when you get there. And also on our website as well, lawenforcementtoday.com. And when you have a chance, check out Galls at galls.com, G-A-L-L-S.com on Facebook and Instagram as well. Joining us on the phone, Deborah Louise Ortiz from Code 9 Project. And, and that's just the beginning of this uh, fantastic woman's accomplishments. Deborah, thanks so much for joining us on Law Enforcement Today's show. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jay. I really appreciate this opportunity. We are talking with you. And, you know, I was, I've got to be, be honest with you. I, I'm a little impressed. Okay. I'm a lot impressed. Uh, you are an actor, a writer, a film producer, a, a film director. And you're also involved in Code 9 Project, which we'll talk about. And, and I just want to know, where do you get, like, the energy? I need 10% of that. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a great question. I just, you know, I have been blessed with this incredible drive and ambition in life. Um, God has blessed me with that. And everything that I do, I mean, everything, all my creative work, I, you know, basically just think of myself as a creative person and all of my creative work really is about helping others mm-hmm. um and that includes you know my acting i i've you know performed and you know written some shows that i performed in in new york city but it's all about excuse me it's all about helping others um, overcome hard times and uh, myself i have dealt with some very hard times growing up as an individual and and it's about um Offering hope to others that you, you can make it through the, the dark times. And so, Absolutely. that's, yeah, so that's what's really it's all about for me. I use that in, in, that's, that's what I use in my creative work. 
And that's part of what we want to do here with Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is uh, we feature, you know, law enforcement officers, family members, their spouses uh, talking about their stories, their experiences from their own perspective. And, and there's so much inspiration because so many of these people have found a way to build happy, successful lives in spite of absolutely horrendous violence and, and disfigurement and uh PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, the list goes on and on. And we also want to expand that to people who have been victims of violent crime. Uh, there's so yeah. many inspiring stories that, that really we can take a little tidbit of what someone else has been through and apply it to our daily struggles and our whole lives become better. Absolutely. So well said. Yes, absolutely. And that's what I strive to do. And, and I've taken, you know, um, even prior to meeting my husband, um, you know, I, I, I struggled through some very dark times, and which is why I, I, I the, the whole um, PTSD movement, you know, and trying to um, end the stigma is so near and dear to me because I understand depression and I understand post-traumatic stress um, on, a, on a personal level. Now, before we go into the details of what you do with Code 9 Project, I want to say this, that just recently in the news, an, an officer was killed in line of duty not far from where I served, and I found that three things happened for me. Um, I, I didn't know this officer personally. The first thing that happened is I got nauseous, you know, which started happening for me years ago in, in Baltimore. Uh, I say on my last, my third from last officer-involved shooting, I immediately got nauseous. Then I became incredibly sad, and then I had extreme anger and agitation. Uh, yes. And I know what that is, you know, and I know where it comes from. And people that are going through that may not be aware or may not realize that they're not alone. And it's a process and it's a process that has to be worked through. Right. Right. It has to be worked through. Exactly. And, exactly right. It, it is about getting through it. Right. And I, I don't believe you can medicate it away. That just like uh, just numbs the symptoms longer and prolongs the suffering uh, for, for not just... In our case, uh, the police officer or law enforcement officer, but their family members as well, because they suffer too. When this stuff's going Absolutely. on, they suffer tremendously. Absolutely. Hence why, you know, this, this, whole, uh, this whole thing started for me because of, 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 you know, my husband's a retired New York State trooper. And um, he did 22 years. He served his 22 years. And it wasn't until his retirement that you know, things really took a turn for like, I, I don't even want to use the word the worst because it was beyond worse. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as a family member, we, you know, and my whole family, we just had no idea what was happening. And we just stood by and literally watched this man that we love and respect completely fall to pieces. And our entire world came apart. So as a family member, you know, it's, it's to watch this happen to someone. I don't, I don't even, I can't even imagine what it was like for him. I have no idea what it was like for him, but I can tell you that to stand by and watch something like this happen and feel completely helpless and hopeless is devastating. And so the thing I think is, Jay, the thing I was, I think I was most angry about was the fact that nobody prepared my husband in his law enforcement career to even look at what might happen to him in mm -hmm. retirement. And, and, and he did a lot of undercover work throughout his career. And, he, you know, after undercover work, he comes out of his undercover work 
and nobody said to him, do you need help? Um, you know, or even sat down to talk to him to see if there was anything going on. Um, you know, he just went from case to case to case. Um, so basically the bottom line was he was never, they never talked about the stress and trauma that he would might be dealing with, the effects of stress and trauma on the job throughout his whole 22-year career or what he should be looking out for, what the families could possibly be looking out for in retirement. And that made me very angry, Jay, to be quite I, honest with I, you. I, I get it. And you are certainly preaching to the choir because, first of all, the things you're talking about is what ruined my first marriage. And, you know, for a yes. long time, I, I was angry uh, and I blamed my ex. And now I, I understand that it was far more than she signed up for. And no one, That's right. no one back then even spent time talking to her about how to deal with this. So uh, the other thing I want to say is please be sure to tell your husband, I said, thanks for your service. And that undercover work, that's a different breed. You know, I, yes. I did plain clothes narcotics for many many years but it was uh never really undercover i tried undercover one time i was a miserable failure at it uh it's <laughs> it's hard to describe because when i did it the one time it was like my mind was constantly telling me you know you're walking into the worst case scenario and if they discover right. that you're the police there's a good chance you're going to die right now that's right. it's just incredible amount of mental pressure you got to keep the act up and so it, it takes a toll what I just want to say about that is, you know, after years of undercover work, he, you know, what I want to say is part of, you know, what's a little bit different about the, the fact that you said of, of undercover work is that he had to become another person, right? right. He was a, another person. He was a, a different identity. Everything about him was somebody else. It wasn't even him. You know, his name was different. Where he lived was different. His ID was different. Everything was different. After years of doing that and coming back out into, the, you know, the regular police work, you know, we work for the DEA, you kind of lose your identity completely. You do. You do. Completely. It, it, you kind of struggle to figure out who you are and, That's right. and, and you lose That's right. touch with the important things and you lose touch, or I should say, it's very easy to lose touch with relationships of people that really matter that were That's you know correct. like a foundation for your life and your personality and stability and then all that begins to change and get threatened that's correct that's it's just correct. it's it's mind-boggling and i know we can never say in words a way to properly explain so people can picture what it is but it's it's so easy to pass a moral judgment on someone who is suffering from ptsd because all of a sudden yes. they're an angry person they're yes. agitated. They're hypervigilant. They're always on edge. They can't That's sleep. A lot of them aren't eating. Uh, a lot of them are drinking yeah. too much. And people go, oh, he's a bum. Leave him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. not the case. It's a suffering person. It is a suffering person. And um, I had the opportunity and uh, for, I, I worked on, you know, the documentary. So just to get back to that, um, I became incredibly angry at what was happening to my family. And we were, when we finally discovered what, what was going on and what Mike was suffering with, um, I started to do a whole bunch of research. And I decided that I wanted to make this documentary called Code 9 Officer Needs Assistance. And the documentary was my way of asking and reaching out for help, right? It was like, oh my God, look what's happening. And it's not just my family. There's thousands of other families just like us. And why isn't anyone doing anything about this? So I was like, okay, fine. You guys want to, you, you, you know, and now mind you, this was 10 years ago, 11 years ago when I started this. And I was kind of like, fine, you guys, 
you don't want to talk about it? Well, I'm going to talk about it. It was, oh. out, of, it was out of sheer anger at first. And I spoke to, over the five years of making the film, I cannot even tell you hundreds and hundreds of first responders and family members from all over in the world. I kid you not, Australia. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had officers contacting me from everywhere. This was a huge problem, and I had no, no idea how big it really was. So then the film, the, my purpose of the film took a turn from, I'm going to, you know, expose the truth here to, we need to help these people. Mm-hmm. You know, where we have officers and families falling apart and people dying. People are dying. Absolutely. And, um, and we're not talking about it. That's the worst case scenario. We're going to take a short break. Folks, we're talking yes. with Deborah Louise Ortiz, one of the co-founders of Code 9 Project, also uh, a phenomenal actor, writer, producer, film director on her own right. We'll be back in just a few moments with some law enforcement today. Don't go anywhere. If you are current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military and are considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave. Honor the Brave is a nationwide real estate program that allows these families to keep more of their hard-earned money. 10% of the agent's commission goes back to you. Additionally, they donate 5% of the commission to the nonprofit of your choice. Current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave online at honorthebrave.com. This is Glowkeeper, the all-new platform revolutionizing law enforcement and security management. Glowkeeper provides you and your team the ability to coordinate like never before using officers' personal smartphones. Glowkeeper provides real-time situational awareness, interagency collaboration, plus security and compliance. Safety is priority number one. Manage officers' vehicles, GPS trackers, and cameras in one place. Share location, video, audio, pictures, and text between unlimited team members, command centers, and agencies. Globekeeper utilizes military-grade encryption. Lives are on the line. Can you afford to not have Globekeeper on your side? Get more details about Globekeeper online at globekeeper.com. Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Gauls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Gauls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Gauls.com today. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-948-6817. 800-948-6817. 
That's 800-948-6817. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-569-2507. That's 800-569-2507. Again, 800-569-2507. Welcome back to the Law Enforcement Today show. I'm John J. Wiley, joined by Deborah Luis Ortiz, co-founder of Code 9 Project. I believe your website is code9project.org. Yes, it is. You were talking about this phenomenon of PTSD. I, I'm of the mindset nowadays. Rather call it, I'd rather call it post-traumatic stress injury. So uh, would I, because <laughs> that's really in reality what this is. It's an injury of the brain when you're you're repeatedly exposed to all these things. Uh, you're going to change. And for example, and I know it's a, a bad analogy, but if you if you break your arm severely and you have to have you know medical intervention. It will heal, but it's never going to be the same, and no one expects it to be the same as it was before that traumatic injury. However, with the brain, we always think, or many of us seem to think that, hey, I should be able to control this willpower. I should be able to handle this on my own, and the shame that can come upon a person that's suffering because they think to themselves, how did I let myself get this bad? Right. And they wind up in places where they never thought they'd be. They wind up at mental institutions. And thank goodness they're so much better than they used to be. They wind up drinking excessively. They wind up saying things to family members that they never would ever do. Yes. And it, it, I got to thank you for the work you do with Code 9 Project. And I got to thank you for what you went through and that you stuck it out. Yeah, it wasn't easy. I, I could tell you it wasn't easy. Um, there was a time that I, I literally packed up my complete house and my kids, and I told my husband, I'm out of here. I can't watch this anymore because um, he, he's very old school cop. Um, he doesn't need help. Um, he's fine. There's nothing wrong with him. And it literally took me to leave my husband, pack everything up as he, he watched we load the truck. I'm sorry. I'm going to get a little emotional. That's all right. I am too. <laughs> and um, I, I left and I told him I wasn't going to watch him destroy himself anymore. And it took, now mind you, Jay, I was terrified because I thought that if I, I left, my husband might kill himself. And I can't even tell you how many times I've had wives call me and tell me, that their husbands killed themselves that were dealing with full-blown PTSD, whatever you want to call it, 
They killed themselves after the wives left to protect their children, okay? And then the department blames the wife leaving. The wife leaving for the reason why the officer killed himself. And they're Which, not to blame. They, they never were to blame. No, because they, they, the department doesn't even want to, you know, I, I am not bashing departments by no means. No, I get I am it. not bashing departments. All I'm saying is that this is, this is you know, un, unless we face the truth head on, we're never going to, you know, be able to help these um, officers and firefighters and EMTs and dispatchers and correction officers. Right. But I had to leave in fear of thinking that my husband might hurt himself. But it was the only thing that m- he listened to. He needed, I needed to take harsh steps for him to understand that there's something desperately wrong here. And that was the beginning of him getting help. And thank goodness for that, because it, yeah. not everybody does that. And I'm gonna, I get emotional about it very easily, because, and I don't talk about my story, because it's, it's not about me, uh, but there are lots of people out there, lots of men and women, first responders uh, all over the world. We, we have a correspondent in, ambassador in Australia who's uh, a former Queensland, Australia police officer, and he suffered tremendously with PTSD, you know, and, and yes. the violence that went on there is, is the same as what happens here. And the lack yes. of support that went on there is the same that happened here. So this yes. is a worldwide problem. It's not just an yes, American yes. problem. No, it's an international problem. It is is absolutely an international problem, and uh, you know I I got to tell you that I do see I, I see the tides turning. We've been doing this work for twelve years now, and you know when I started there was nothing out there. I, you know um, there was maybe one or two organizations, and to see what's happening now in the and so many other organizations and so many other um, individuals stepping up and. And doing the work, um, the tides are turning because you know you, 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 we can't, just can't turn a blind eye anymore. Um, the fact that I do want to um, make sure that I mention this after we did the film um, and we got the film finally made, we said, okay, great, the film is going to raise awareness, and I wanted to do more. And so that's when we started the nonprofit organization because we not only wanted to raise awareness, we wanted to be part of the solution. So. I, I was very, very fortunate to come together with an amazing woman um, named Brandy Lee Baker. Um, we call her Lee. And um, she's a former first responder. And her brother was um, a military um, uh, officer and a um, SWAT officer in uh, Atlanta um, who died. And Lee put together this amazing, amazing uh, workshops for first responders. We have one for family and we have one for command staff. And uh, between the film and her workshops, you know, we have been very, very fortunate to be able to go to department after department after department. This is why I know the tides attorney. And I, I agree with you. Us. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a, a break here and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about these seminars you have. We're going to talk about more about you why you're so passionate about this what people can do you know just family members all that get more details about code nine project on their website code nine project.org folks listen law enforcement today show we'll be right back this is Globekeeper, the all-new platform revolutionizing law enforcement and security management 
Globekeeper provides you and your team the ability to coordinate like never before using officers' personal smartphones. Globekeeper provides real-time situational awareness, interagency collaboration, plus security and compliance. Safety is priority number one. Manage officers, vehicles, GPS trackers, and cameras in one place. Share location, video, audio, pictures, and text between unlimited team members, command centers, and agencies. Globekeeper utilizes military-grade encryption. Lives are on the line. Can you afford to not have Globekeeper on your side? Get more details about Globekeeper online at globekeeper.com. Listen, my life changed because someone was there to get me to use drugs. No one can understand. People think that having someone who will listen makes it better. I need help. I'm listening. I need help. I think that having someone who will listen makes it better. People understand. No one can get me to use drugs. My life changed because someone was there to listen. Go to heretolisten.com for tips and tools to turn addiction around. Brought to you by the Ad Council. If you are current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military and are considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave. Honor the Brave is a nationwide real estate program that allows these families to keep more of their hard-earned money. 10% of the agent's commission goes back to you. Additionally, they donate 5% of the commission to the nonprofit of your choice. Current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military, considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave online at honorthebrave.com. And we are back in the Law Enforcement Today studios, joined by Deborah Luis Ortiz from one of the co-founders of Code9Project.org. The film, I haven't had a chance to see the film. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, Deborah, I, I had a really tough time watching Patrick Shaver's film, uh, Officer Involved. It was yeah. good stuff. Uh, I, I've interviewed Patrick. I've interviewed Tom Marchese. I haven't seen his love film Fallen love yet. Them. They're phenomenal people. And yes. uh, I haven't seen yours yet. And one of these days I will. Uh, I promise you I will. Yes. Well, we, when you're ready to do that, I would be more than happy to send you the link to watch it. But I will tell you, it is a very hard film to watch. Yeah. Well, I I, I think yeah. you, you should do that. And I will have my wife there with me to make sure I do. And, you know, on a, a different note, uh, you know, I was, I'm retired from the Baltimore Police Department and, you know, uh, I had never gone to the National Law Enforcement Officer Memorial in D.C. for many, many, many years. I, I was afraid to go. And while I was working at a classic rock radio station in Southern Maryland, you know, my wife and I decided it was time to do it. And we went, that was probably about four years ago. And it was just a gut-wrenching, emotional experience and i'm not talking about like two minutes or five minutes it was a day-long roller coaster emotionally Um, i'm glad i did it and i would highly recommend to any law enforcement officer out there active retired former wannabe their family members go if you get by dc stop by there and go i've not been to police week yet i understand you just left there yes uh we uh we had the most um amazing experience what we did was, as an organization, we started a campaign, and it was uh, in our Code 9 Police Week campaign, and we were selling T-shirts to help um, us get to Police Week. We ended up with 15 Code 9 team members there, 
<clears throat> excuse me. Um, so what ended up happening was he was selling all these T-shirts, and on the T-shirts, it said, we honor the life and service of every, every being in capital letters of every fallen officer. And then we also had a second T-shirt, and the second T-shirt, basically the family members uh, contacted us, and these are the family members of officers who have died by suicide due to work-related PTSD and ended up um, dying by suicide. And they asked that we put the names on the shirts, and um, we added these names to the shirt. The CO-9 team wore the shirts to police week so that we can not only honor those who have died in the line of duty, but also honor those who have died by suicide. We know that the federal government um, doesn't allow suicide to be ruled a line of duty death. And I, I you know, I honestly, um, I'm not saying that every suicide is line of duty by no means, right. but there's no way, there's no way that we can, cannot say that some of these suicides were directly related to the job. Sure. There's and no it, way we can. Proven. It's been proven right. over and over and over again. And, and we right. honor we honor officers who die of a heart attack while they're working. Right, right. Or uh, developed a, a cancer as a result of uh, a scene they were at. So why not at least acknowledge, we may not honor, but at least acknowledge, right. these, acknowledge. these people that, that, I'll be honest with you, I have a really hard time talking about this. Um, I'm sorry. For a lot of different reasons. No, no, don't be sorry. It's yeah. like, there's not a there's not an easy way to talk about police no. suicide uh, or first responder suicide. It's a reality, you know, yes. and it's great that people are raising awareness and, and you're doing that, but you also do far more than that. Just raising awareness alone, in my humble opinion, is not enough. We need to do no, something. Not. Right. And that's what Code 9 Project is doing. You're doing a lot of things to help. Tell us about your seminars. Okay, so yes, we're actually, um, like I said, uh, Brandy Lee Baker is the creator of our uh, workshops. Um, and they are, we have a two-day first responder workshop, a two-day command staff, and a one-day family. I want to make this very, very clear. We 100% believe that we cannot serve the officer or the firefighter or any first responder if we do not serve the family. You're right. It is of the utmost importance that we do not forget how crucial it is that the family members become educated and understand what is happening so that we can help save marriages, Mm -hmm. save relationships, and save lives. So um, basically... Brandy Lee came up with these um, interactive workshops. They are not uh, workshops like any other. We don't use PowerPoint. We have, it's highly interactive. And basically, they work out of workbooks. We get them into the process. We teach them the science of being a human being, how stress and trauma affects them, um, how to uh, deal with the effects that they're feeling, how to recognize the triggers, um, so we give them this whole educational component. Then we also give them self-help, effective self-help tools so that they can deal with what's happening with them when they're feeling triggered or what to do and how to get help and, you know, who to reach out to. The command staff um, is an amazing, I, I'm just so proud of this um, workshop because we're not only getting command staff to understand what their officers may be dealing with, 
but also how to deal with, with the issues as they arise, how to deal with it in an effective way, how to communicate. Communication is crucial in um, dealing with any officer. I mean, whether they're, you know, just, you know, had one traumatic incident and how to be able to deal with that one traumatic incident so we're not letting it, you know, um, grow into something bigger and worse for them. Um, so, like I, like I said, she's, she's done an amazing job, and I can't speak highly enough of her. I, I help facilitate the family workshops. We have retired and active officers um, as part of our team, and the wonderful thing that, that we see happening is that departments are calling us and asking us to come, Good. and that is a huge statement. We are going to NYPD. Um, it is the second time NYPD has, has um, had us um, bring the workshops there. And we have um, literally uh, been all over um, state to state. And what it says is that these are departments and command staff that actually want to help their officers. And we can't highlight that enough. If people want to get information about when you're having these seminars or can they reach out to you and say, hey, we'd like to have a seminar in our yes. part of the woods? What do they do? Yes. Um, just actually, you go onto the website. Um, there is a contact form there. Um, it's code9share at Gmail. They can reach out to us via social media. We have a very um, large um, following on Facebook. Um, they're reaching out to us you know, via social media and via email. We also have a phone number on the website that they can call. And uh, basically, that's how it happens. You know, we get somebody reaching out, we give them a call, and we talk to them about the workshops and what, you know, what that entails, and um, we move forward. You can get all the details yes. online at Code9Project.org. We are talking with Deborah Louise Ortiz, one of the co-founders of Code9 Project. We'll be right back. You're listening to Law Enforcement Today. Don't go anywhere. Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Galls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Galls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today. If you are current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military and are considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave. Honor the Brave is a nationwide real estate program that allows these families to keep more of their hard-earned money. 10% of the agent's commission goes back to you. Additionally, they donate 5% of the commission to the nonprofit of your choice. Current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave online at honorthebrave.com. This is Globekeeper, the all-new platform revolutionizing law enforcement and security management. Globekeeper provides you and your team the ability to coordinate like never before using officers' personal smartphones. Globekeeper provides real-time situational awareness, interagency collaboration, plus security and compliance. Safety is priority number one. Manage officers' vehicles, GPS trackers, and cameras in one place. Share location, video, audio, pictures, and text between unlimited team members, command centers, 
and agencies. Globekeeper utilizes military-grade encryption. Lives are on the line. Can you afford to not have Globekeeper on your side? Get more details about Globekeeper online at globekeeper.com. Back to the Law Enforcement Today studios, I'm John J. Wiley, joined by Deborah Luis Ortiz from Code 9 Project. And I just love the way that rolls off my tongue when I say that. <laughs> you almost make me sound like I'm, I'm multilingual, and I'm not. That's right, just... yeah, Deborah Luis Ortiz. <laughs> yeah. I, I, say, I thought of, this is going to give away my age, Ricardo Montalban and the Rich Corinthian Leather. That's what I thought of That's from that right. old, old commercial years ago. Now, speed of commercials... You've had a storied career, you know, in film. And, you know, I've been following you on Facebook for a while. And, uh, you know, we all have our, we've tried to put our best profile photo up front. I said, that lady looks familiar. I don't know where I know her from. I never figured it out. But you've been in a lot of films. You've done a lot of writing. And you've Mm -hmm. also done producing and directing, not just Code 9 Project, but other projects as well. Tell us about that part of your life. Sure. Yes, um, I started as an actress in New York City, born and raised in New York City. Um, started as an actress, like I said, I, you know, I personally suffered a lot of trauma as a child, and I felt acting was, um, you know, working on pieces, auditioning for pieces that were meaningful was was a great way for me to help just heal some of my stuff. And I love acting. I love performing. Uh, worked, uh, did a lot of, um, improv in New York and a lot of theater, lots and lots of theater, a couple of commercials, some film, um, nothing large, you know, as far as that goes. Um, and then I started writing. I decided that, you know, I wanted to write stuff with substance. Um, I am a sexual abuse survivor. I am a, um, domestic violence survivor, um, from my first marriage. And so I started writing and writing about those type of subject matters to help inspire other women to um, to find the strength that they need to make their lives better and understand that they're worth more. And I had a show called Changing Violet, which did very, very well in New York City, you know, in the, on the smaller stages and was invited um, to take that show to perform for the U.S. Army. I did several shows for them for their domestic violence month. And then um, I continued writing from there. And um, I'm just trying to think. It's quite a bit, right? There, that's, yeah. that's a lot of accomplishments. Well, it's, you know what? I, I, you know, it's about turning, you know, I don't want to keep sounding like this, like, philosophical type of person, but it's about turning pain into passion, you Absolutely. know, it really is about that. And that's what it is about for me. I love entertaining. I love, I've done a lot of comedy. Um, I love making people laugh. I've done a lot of, you know, it's just, and so basically when, when, when the, when the crap hits a fan, uh-huh. <laughs> when the crap hits a fan in my life with my husband, I had to turn to my creative side in order to help heal. And so that's, that's where the, uh, the other stuff came in. I also wanted to say that I also wrote a screenplay on my husband's career. Oh, really? Now, has yes, that one so, been produced yet or now? No, it is not. So I've had, I had an option in, in, by a very big producer in Hollywood, but um, we ended up not going with them. But it's called The Greater Good, and it's about my husband's career and shows, you know, um, from the beginning on, on the progress of the um, hor- horrific things that he saw, unfortunately, the undercover work, 
and watched how it changed him. Um, and it basically, the reason I did the, um, I did the screenplay first. And I, I said, this is going to cost way too much money to produce. And so in order to get the word out and, and try to, you know, raise awareness about PTSD, since I couldn't do the screenplay, that's when the documentary came in. Gotcha. Um, and uh, I just want to say that every single penny that was raised for the documentary was raised online by the first responder community. They made this film. And then amazing, I didn't make this and, film. And we yes. oftentimes are the least willing to talk about it, but when we have the opportunity to do something about it anonymously, we'll, we'll, we'll lead the charge. We'll do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And an you know, I'm glad you brought up a, a certain point. You, you said it several times in the interview. You know, the creativity helps create it uh, as an outlet for the healing for you from the traumas you've been through. Uh, right. Childhood, the, the domestic violence, uh, what your husband went through, how that impacted your family. I found for me that there is a trem- tremendous therapeutic effect out of yeah. writing, uh, all, doing the radio show. Uh, it's it's also for me, and not to sound super cornball-y here. It, it's like <laughs> by doing something that might positively help one person who's struggling, it puts a meaning to the struggles and suffering I went through. It, it gives it a purpose, and it takes some of the sting away. It doesn't take all the bad memories away. It certainly yeah. doesn't take all the bad emotions away. But it says this I can use to make That's my right. life better and also help someone else. Yes, I got to tell you what I, uh, this was an amazing thing that I discovered. All of the officers that we interviewed for the film were in the midst of their, their pain. They were incredibly brave to step in front of a camera. I had a very hard time finding people who would speak to me in front of the camera. Right. These officers were incredibly courageous, incredibly brave. And that was the beginning. Once they were able to open up and talk about their pain, an amazing thing happened, Jay. Almost every single one of them is now advocates and doing amazing work for other officers. But guess what? Most of them are doing it creatively. Right. They're painting. They're writing. They're uh, songwriting. They all have, there's something about, their pain that has manifested itself into something creative and i find that amazing it's true and and i was talking with patrick shaver just the other night you know that that i found that first responders are some of the most creative storytellers out there and and there's so much that that they have difficulty talking about one of the things you mentioned was your work with domestic violence and, and helping women break free mm-hmm. from that cycle. And as a police officer, that was one of the most frustrating things we ever had to deal with yes. because you're back at the same house almost like every Friday when yes. someone's been drinking. And it, it crosses both genders. It, it's not just one. And, right. and you cannot explain the frustration you level have trying to say to this person, they're, you're going to get killed if you don't leave, and yeah. they won't. They won't follow through. And it's oftentimes we're there when they do get killed. Yes. And it's yes. it's a sad reality, and it's it's heartbreaking to see. And it's, it's not just you know with adult lovers; it's also involving children. Yes. Our elderly parents. It, it just it's gut wrenching stuff, and those are the kind of things that that disrupt my sleep. Yes, and and mine as well. 
and mine as well. And so that's, you know, it is really about empowering people. This is about empowering people to understand that they are worth fighting for, that they, you know, our first responders are always there for everyone else. They are, you know, that's that's what they're made of. They're there to help. They're here to serve. They're there to protect. And the same thing with, you know, I don't want to compare them to domestic violence. Saying it's about taking care of someone else and not taking care of yourself. Right. And we need to empower individuals to understand that they cannot live their best lives if they're not taking care of themselves. They just can't. There is no quality of life if you're not taking care of you. Right. You. Bottom line, and that's what we do at Code 9 Project. It's about understanding. I can't even, we are so, so grateful to be doing this work. When we leave an agency and we receive an email from an officer or a family member two, three months down the line that literally says, and I'm not doing, I'm not saying this to, to, you know, give us accolades and to their own horns, but when I get an officer that sends us, and it happens time and time again, you saved my life. I would not be here today. It gives us the strength to move forward because the work that we are doing is incredibly difficult. Let's not, I, I want you to understand that this work is very difficult. We, um, you know, I went, I had to go see a therapist, go back into therapy after time and time of listening to these stories because I personally was getting affected They're by them. I thought, yes, yes. So, you know, I practice what I preach. You and know? in a lot of ways, these stories are, are, are triggering. You know, we're getting yeah. close to the end of time. And one of the things I do want to get before we leave, wrap this up today is, you know, with law enforcement, it goes all across the United States and around the world. Every community in the United States has a law enforcement agency of some sort. So everybody's affected to one degree or another. If you don't have family, so if you know a law enforcement officer, a first responder, corrections officer, dispatcher, firefighter, military veteran, a victim, a survivor of sexual abuse that is struggling and doing the classic things, you know, the depression, the isolating, isolating emotion <laughs> from people, the anger, uh, self-medicating profusely with alcohol, what do you suggest they do? Well, I mean, we're here. We're here for that. Um, you know, that's what we do. People reach out to us and say, I know a first responder who's suffering. Um, I know a family member who's suffering. Um, everything that we do at Code 9 Project is confidential, 100% confidential. We do our best to find resources. Now, if there's an officer that's truly suffering and someone is trying to reach out to get them help, we do our best to try to contact you know, get in contact. Usually we work with the person that's reaching out to us, give them information to pass on to the officer. Most of the time that officer will reach back out to us. Right. And now we have that person and we can now say, look, let, well, we're going to find you local resources. We start, you know, finding resources for them and whatever they need, we're there to help them on any level. Um, sometimes, unfortunately, um, somebody's very concerned about an officer and that officer will not reach out. Right. That's a tough one. The only thing that we could say is if there's an officer that anyone is, or, or any first responder, that they feel is in danger of hurting themselves, that they need to, they need to do what they have to do to help make sure that they get help. Yes. Um, and, and, you know. And I would say don't officer, be afraid to step on their toes or hurt their feelings to save their life. That's right. 
to save a life. That's absolutely one hundred percent right. We are definitely going to have you, have to have you back on the show, uh, Deborah <laughs> Luis Ortiz. I have a feeling we can talk forever and ever and ever about all these stories. Uh, please pass on my thanks to everybody that's working with your organization. Again, tell your husband I said thanks for your service and uh, service to the whole family because the, the whole family supports our, our first responders. They can't do it by themselves. Thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jay. Thank you for your service. Thank you for this opportunity. And I am so happy that we got to connect. Thank you for everything that you're doing. We appreciate it. I'd like to thank our guest today for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. We feature police officers, law enforcement officers, active, retired, spouses, family members, and supporters talking about their experiences from their point of view. If you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who'd be a great guest, we'd accommodate them from anywhere. It doesn't matter where they are. We can uh, record them here at our studios. So just contact us. The easiest way is go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, the contact us tab. Send an email to me, jay at lawenforcementtoday.com or robert at lawenforcementtoday.com. You can also send a message via Facebook. We're all over this thing called the World Wide Web, Instagram and all that stuff too. Got more great guests heading your way next week. So until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya.